and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? My next guest is Chairman, Board Director and Fractional Chief Revenue Officer to Technology Scale-Ups in the 10 to 50 million range. An author and podcast host of Inquisitor. Welcome to Scale Yourselves podcast, Marcus Kalki. Thanks, Dennis. Lovely to be here. It's uh, it's great, and thank you for having me on on your podcast. It was an absolute pleasure, um, and so I really had to get you on here. Now, first thing is, why do you describe yourself as a grumpy old man? Because I am. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm dated. I've been around the houses. Uh, I've worked in 500 plus segments of the market. I've heard every excuse, every lie. Um, I've seen every abuse of power. Uh, I've seen salespeople uh, ruin perfectly good relationships because of lack of support, um, terrible culture, and I'm fuming. Um, Back in 2020, two reports came out, one from Gartner and one from LinkedIn that said, 33% of buyers want a 100% seller-free buying experience. And that was from Gartner. And the uh, the LinkedIn uh, review uh, said that 67% of people surveyed said they consider sales and salespeople to be morally bankrupt. To my mind, sales is a noble profession when done well. And every customer deserves to feel safe whenever they're dealing with a salesperson. The problem is that filtering down from the culture and the values and motivations of the investors through to the board, through to the executive team, through to management, and then out through salespeople to the customer, um, the customer has become a forgotten, inconvenient afterthought uh, at the the end of a long chain of abuse and selfish self-interest. And I'm uh, on a mission to fix that. Um, So that's why I'm grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Marcus. Now let's investigate that a a little bit um, further. Because of the way organisations are set up with investors and, as you say, filtering down, what would be the answer in order to make sure that customers are at the centre? Because both of us agree that that's the absolute but how does that happen given the structure of businesses now? Right. Well, this is a huge question. Uh, and I'm going to quote a friend of mine, Bernard Hornung, who said, the conduct and behavior of the money behind you will permeate into the business. So the starting point of this is that if investors are fixated on new logo acquisition and revenue growth so that they can fiddle the valuation 
of their business to drive the exit, um, then the customer is not at the heart of everything you do. So I believe you have to address it from two ends. One, you have to refocus investors on investing in companies because they want them to succeed. And they know that if buyers are safe and treated well, and everything you do is put in place in order to serve the customer's outcomes and help them to succeed, then by the very nature of that, they will keep buying from you, they will pay you premium, they will be loyal, and your people will not have to feel grubby when going out and selling to them. And um, so you have this cascade. So you've got the investors putting pressure on the board and the executive team uh, to generate revenue at any cost. They underinvest in the middle management layer who are the most undertrained and overstretched people within uh, any organization. The most precarious position of all is that of sales manager. And typically the way sales managers get promoted into the role is you get tapped on the shoulder and told, Janice, we've just fired your idiot boss. You're now the idiot boss. And your runway is basically, you were dealing as a peer with these people yesterday, and now you're their manager with no training. Um, so uh, one of the things that I think is really important is to create a sales management apprenticeship. So at the point of hiring and recruitment, you identify whether someone has aspirations to move into management, and then over the next 12 to 24 months, you expose them to the skills that they need in order to be a good manager. So the last one in um, will onboard the next one in. They need to be involved in uh, planning. They need to be involved in interviewing. They need to be involved in running sales meetings. They need to learn how to coach. They need to learn how to train. They need to learn how to read and de uh, deliver a forecast. Uh, they need how, uh, to know how to um, help uh, on board uh, salespeople and so on. And because um, the skills and the temperament required to be a manager are 180 degrees the opposite of what passes for great in sales. So I have another issue with that. Um, what passes for great in sales traditionally now um, is someone who is competitive with a will to win, money motivated, um, consistently hits target no matter what. And so therefore, you tend to hire people who are soulless sharks who will do anything and say anything in order to get the business in. Um, and they will sell to anybody, whether it's right for them or not. Um, now, I'm not saying everybody, but certainly I would say 98% of the people who are have the title salesperson are not fit for purpose. Many of them are order takers. Um, if they're in account management, they're zookeepers, um, there's no growth, um, and the turnover is immensely high. And the reason the turnover is immensely high is management tends to have the attitude that recruitment, much like sales, is a numbers game. You hire 10 in the hope that three survive a year and one survives two years. Um, so you've got this uh, revolving door in sales. You have salespeople who are consistently put under pressure. Whilst the company purports to be customer centric, uh, that goes out the window when the end of the quarter approaches. And then they get told by the leadership team, telling the management team, telling the salespeople, get it in at any cost. 
So now they go out and they do these fireside sales and they discount, but they strip out the pipeline for the next quarter. Um, so that creates more pressure. Now, because the salespeople aren't really genuinely engaged and they're playing a survival game and they're constantly stressed and we have high degrees of mental illness uh, and stress-related uh, disease uh, within sales and in management, what you have are disengaged people. Now, um, Salesforce did a very interesting uh, piece of research. And uh, what that research came up with was a blinding flash of the obvious. Customer success is determined by the customer outcome being more important than the customer experience. And the biggest multiplier is employee experience. Now, if employees are not fully engaged, then chances are you will have unhappy, dissatisfied, missold customers, and then you have a churn problem. If you have a churn problem that runs at 15%, every three years, you've lost 49% of your customers, which now creates more pressure at the front end. So now you have to fill the pipeline and none of them know how to prospect well. Um, so what they do is they play a numbers game and the numbers game is do more dials. That's just doubling down on idiocy. But working harder and dumber is not good business. So one of the things that I would urge everybody to do is take a blank legal pad with a pen, not a computer, but an actual pen, and 45 minutes at least a week, and one question and no interruptions, no phone, no email, no computers, nothing. And you take the gnarliest, most difficult problem, and you work on answering that question. And the great thing is it tends to spew out more questions. There isn't enough reflection. So salespeople generally do next to no reflection. They get next to no coaching. Um, six, uh, sorry, 87% of managers surveyed thought that they were coaching their people. Only 17% of those salespeople who the managers thought they were coaching believed they were being coached. And coaching is the superpower. And the problem is that most managers don't know how to do it. And then they say, I don't have time to coach. Of course you don't. You're not coaching. That's why you don't have time for it. Um, so clearly one. the system is is broken. We, yeah. you know, we know that the system is is broken. And, you know, you can come at it from from different angles. Uh, the Association of Professional Sales is now linked up with uh, Cranfield School of Management. Um, and they have a sales leadership program that is, they're beginning to, to roll out. Cranfield School of Management have, have trained sales leaders for, for many years. So that's a really good connection. And it'll be great to see how, how that all pans out. So, you know, there is a recognition that sales leaders need support and, and training. So hopefully that, that bit of your argument will kind of get seen to. Um, the quota system, yeah. <laughs> the quota system uh, is flawed, of yep. course, um, and there's arguments on both sides. Um, what would take its place in order to um, ensure that the salesperson uh, doesn't work towards this kind of fire sale? This is really radical, and it's hard work, and it requires a lot of thought. Um, and that's why most organizations won't do it. My generation, frankly, 
forget it. Beyond the pale, utterly unfixable. Um, I think what we have to do is we need to focus on the 26 to 46 year olds um, who have a growth mindset and uh, think in terms of infinite gameplay. Um, so let me define what that is. A finite game player plays to win or not to lose and is trying to, um, uh, the, the game comes to an end and they're trying to take an increasingly large slice out of a shrinking pie. An infinite game player has uh, the mentality that their job is to keep the game going and grow the pie. So there's always more. Um, now, what does this mean? Well, it comes back to start with the customer. Um, your typical quota system uh, and compensation system, it rewards new logo wins and the initial transaction. And if you look at it, most salespeople do not get compensated beyond the first year. Um, and so they have no incentive to sell through. My uh, suggestion is this. You pay a tiny bit for the initial win. When the customer adopts to 90%, they get paid a decent chunk of change for that. When consumption, particularly for things like cloud or data or whatever, um, is uh, reaches a certain level, they get paid a lot for that. But the big payout, and this is a payout to the entire team who helped the customer succeed and achieve their outcome, is when the customer can report back and says, we achieved the outcome we intended from making this purchase or investment. And then you pay them on renewals, a little for the first renewal, a bigger bit for the second renewal, and a great big chunk of change for the third renewal. Now, this will have a knock-on effect because it's all about making sure that the customer is always um, engaging with salespeople who are timely, contextually relevant, and always delivering value. Salespeople need to be asking questions like, what are the jobs that they're trying to achieve or get done? What progress are they making without help? What help do they need? What are their struggling moments? Can we help? If we can, are we the best place to help? And if not, should we refer them to someone else, even our closest competitor, because we put the customer and their outcome before our commission check? And then uh, what we have to do is um, make sure that at the end of that process, um, the customer holds us to account and we hold them to account. So we're creating these conditions of buyer safety through mutual accountability. But accountability itself is a wishy-washy word. Um, and part of the problem there is most people don't really understand what accountability is. You've got to be very specific. Um, so what are you responsible for? What do you say, and sorry, do you do what you say you will do in the way that you will do it? So are you reliable? And are you effective? So you have to have clear, specific, um, and uh, unambiguous mutual agreement. Um, and are you getting the result that you intended? And do you own the result? And part of the problem here is that most individuals and most um, uh, organizations try and shirk ownership. And this requires you to be incredibly vulnerable to be rigorously authentic. Um, and it takes courage to do that. So you've got to you, you can't fix one part without understanding 
that this is a, a system. It's not a linear um, pathway. There are all these different moving parts. And if you don't address all of them and work backwards from the outcome, which is ultimately the customer's success, then chances are it'll go awry. It's um, interesting uh, what you say. I wonder what your feeling is. If nothing changes, what is the sales industry going to look like in terms of the relationship with their customer five, 10 years from now? This is really interesting. I was interviewing Tony Hughes only yesterday, and I think he's wildly optimistic. Personally, he thinks about 30% of sales jobs will disappear in 10 years. Um, in all honesty, uh, having seen the technology that's available and also having uh, seen some case studies, um, order takers, zookeepers are going to be replaced by the likes of Siri and Alexa. Um, there are live websites being built at the moment. And I can't remember what the Google thing was called where it made the live cold calls and no one even knew. Um, so that stuff is going to replace um, what passes for average. Where great salespeople are going to be necessary is where it requires the understanding of the human relationships and uh, where you're going. So my, my view is that probably 50, 60 percent of sales jobs will disappear. And I'll give you a really apocryphal example of this. Um, I've seen this happen in my world, but Tony's example was even more interesting. He's working with a company that sells chemicals and um, uh, base compounds to pharmacists so they can make uh, drugs for their uh, customers and their patients. And uh, there were two territories that had no reps. And both of those territories were the top performing territories. So they thought this was a little bit uh, worthy of investigation. So they spoke to the customers in the other territories and they found, asked what value are the salespeople bringing and they said, none. Oh, no, hang on a second. It's really good that they offer us discounts. So the only value that low ticket, uh, low value salespeople bring is give away your profit margin to the customer. And you see this in automotive all the time. A number of times I've been into a car showroom um, and when they ask me whether I want to buy, I hesitate and flinch a little bit. And the next words out their mouth, well, let's see what we can do about the price. That's not selling. That, that should be um, a dismissible offense. How dare they give away the, um, the business's margin when it was an uninvited or it wasn't an asked for. Um, and you, you see them just as being an interruption with that pharmaceutical company. The only thing they could say about salespeople that was of any real importance was they were just an interruption. I mean, one strategy is to link, if you are on a commission base, is to link it to profits rather than revenue. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. No, no question that um, it should be about profit, mm -hmm. um, but it should also be about the customer's outcome. Absolutely. And um, this requires uh, that you give trust. That's one of the really interesting things about uh, multiplier leaders. Uh, if you haven't read Liz Wiseman's book, it's well worth a read. Um, and the point um, she makes is that uh, multipliers allow people to feel trusted. Um, and I, I was interviewing Aaron uh, Schmuckler yesterday, 
and he made this point as well. Lots of companies are sort of kind of moving over to unlimited time off. Well, what if they abuse it? Well, that's the starting point of a diminishing leader. That just tells you, you do not trust your people. If you trust your people, um, then give them those benefits uh, and give them the benefit of the doubt. Because if nothing else, it will tell you very quickly that you have the wrong employee who is no longer a fit. Um, and if it doesn't work out because they take time off at an awkward time uh, and it lets the rest of the team down, there is a valuable lesson to be learned from that. But the problem is that most leaders have that fixed mindset and that they play finite games. Mm. And they think that they somehow have to operate command and control. And um, it's interesting in those situations, you often find it's only 1% that abuse the system, but what they do is they cater for that 1% rather yes, than catering for 99%. And actually, if you let the team decide and they negotiate it, then it actually it's better than the manager managing the people, the team managing the circumstances. My, my, my brother's a teacher, and I remember him saying that what he would do to deal with misbehavior is he would leave it up to the class uh, to police uh, behavior. Uh, but he set very clear conditions and told them that they had the right to do it. Mm. Interestingly enough, he didn't have disciplinary problems. Um, and it, the, the problem is that the way um, we've been educated to think is that we catastrophize all the time. And then we listen to the loudest voice, not the wisest voice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your view of diversity in B2B sales, whether it has progress and what you think needs to be done to progress that side of, of this broken system. It's essential. If you, if you don't, you only have a limited perspective. Um, there's a wonderful um, uh, example in uh, Matthew Syed's book. Um, is it Bounce? Uh, he wrote Rebel and... Uh, Rebel uh, Ideas. Yes. Rebel Ideas. Yes. And he describes a scenario where he has a Japanese cohort and an American cohort, and he asks them to describe a fish tank. Um, and the Americans describe the fish, and the Japanese describe the fish tank uh, and the environment. And if you don't have both, you don't have the full picture. Mm -hmm. In a sales team, I think you desperately need to have a diverse team. Uh, different uh, races, ethnicity, ages, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, different politics, different perspectives, because that gives you much more creative ideas. Um, is it David Cohen's book, um, uh, Range, uh, also talks about this. Highly diverse teams end up coming up with far more creative solutions a lot quicker yeah. than uh, limited uh, diverse teams. Um, and so the really important thing here is that you are inclusive as a manager. Now, one of the things, I, I'm the father of three daughters, so I am absolutely uh, rabid uh, about needing more women in management and in sales. Um, but um, you also need to understand uh, that people need to be educated. Um, one of the, uh, the people that I collaborate with is a, a recruitment company that specializes in recruiting uh, black graduates into law firms and accountancy firms in London. Now they spend a fortune recruiting these graduates and then they leave within three years because they don't feel included or welcome. Um, and I don't think it's because people are willfully um, uh, uninclusive. Um, 
but they're unaware of how they behave and how they think. Um, and this requires us to state the obvious. I think, uh, once again, there's another problem that people tend to skirt around topics um, and uh, hope that somehow subtlety uh, will win the day. Um, but I think you have to be very specific. Um, I think you have to state the obvious and nothing goes without saying, do not be subtle and it's worth repeating. Um, you've got to listen and you've got to take in the implications of behavior. Um, you have to operate the yes and principle and that doesn't mean we agree. It means we accept that someone else has the right to have a voice and then we explore it. Um, we, it's never about the thing. It's always, always, always about the relationship. You, your job is to make your people look good, your partners look good. You've got to be very specific. Um, and I think you've got to make sure that you're aligning interests. You've got to sub, um, uh, subordinate your ego. Um, and you have to uh, enable people um, to get the best out of themselves. And yeah. that's what diverse teams do. Yeah. I love working in diverse teams. If they're all fat, white, middle-aged men like me, uh, who've largely lived a privileged life with a silver spoon in their mouth, then the perspective is dull and lacking. You know, I, I actively go out and court people who I don't understand. You know, the, a large chunk of the people that I mentor now, um, they speak a completely different language. Um, yeah, but they've got good fat brains. You know, the, the young brains are full of white matter. Uh, not like the old uh, drunken atrophied grey matter that's all leathery in my head. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, uh, uh, I always love talking to you because it's 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 never dull. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how can listeners get hold of you? You can email me Marcus at laughs-last.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter as the underscore inquisitor. And my podcast, uh, just type in Marcus Kauke uh, or the Inquisitor podcast, uh, hashtag that. And I'm on LinkedIn all over it like a rash. Yeah. Well, I'll put all of your links in the show notes. Thank you uh, for sharing so much of your experience and, and knowledge. So thank you for thank being you for a guest me. on Scale Yourselves podcast, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.